What's up, queens? It's your host, Ro. Do you like female dating strategy? Would you like to see us expand on a lot of different platforms? Then please sign up for our Patreon. We are currently targeting a $10,000 per month goal, which would allow us to work full-time on female dating strategy content in order to expand on different platforms and upgrade our media presence. As a special thank you to our current Patreon subscribers, we will be increasing our upload rate for our bonus content to be weekly on Fridays, as well as offering a special discount for paid annual memberships. So please check out our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash the female dating strategy. That's patreon.com forward slash the female dating strategy. Thank you. Let's start the show. And next up, here's a little segment we like to call Roast a Scroat. This is a story all about how <laughs> a scroat came and my life's got to flip turned upside down by some scroat. <laughs> okay. Okay, so so this story is from Sarah, and Sarah says, uh, this is a date from about 15 years ago when I was in my mid-twenties, and my best friend set up a phone call between myself and her co- and her co-worker. It's not something I'd normally be into, but both of us were really close, and at that time we were even living together. She talked the guy up so much, and she knew me so well that I thought he must be amazing. Um, I'm just going to jump in here because we see a lot on the on the subreddit that, you know, you can meet a high value man through your friends and it, it, it can be a legitimate way to meet, um, you know, to meet guys. But one thing you have to be aware of is that your friends, as great as they may be as friends, <laughs> they may have a different definition of what constitutes amazing. Yeah. The, and as speaking from personal experience, also be aware of family members and friends trying to pawn off their low value scrotes. I have met some good, <laughs> I have met, I have met yeah, some good exactly. men from friends and family, but uh, I definitely noticed that, especially like pick me moms will try to talk up their sons and talk about how amazing they are, they are and shit. And it's like, no, he lives in your basement. You just want to get rid of him. Okay. Like stop trying to pawn him off on a meat woman. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it's basically not a guarantee. Um, but anyway, um, so he and I spoke on the phone briefly and he seemed charming, but we pretty much only set up the first date for 12 30 PM the next day. We decided I'd meet him at his apartment and go from there. First fuck up. <laughs> Don't go to his apartment on the first date. Um, so he lived about a five minute drive away. So I didn't give that any thought. Uh, since my BFF gave him so much praise, I just figured I'd go to his place and he'd take us out for lunch or something. So she went to this guy's apartment and they didn't have any concrete plans. Is anyone else getting that? Like second fuck up. This is yeah. We always say get a plan ahead of times because otherwise you just never know what they're trying to do. Yeah, you don't want to get ambushed. I don't do surprise dates with new people. I only do surprise dates with someone you've known a while. Yeah, blind dates. Uh, sketchy. Uh, so the entire morning of the day, I was so excited I could barely stand it. This is really cute. <laughs> I spent most of the morning nervously cleaning and watching the clock and primping and perfecting my appearance and fantasizing that he was doing the same. Aw, honey. My sweet summer child. There's this um cyanide... Cyanide and happiness. Yeah, there's this cyanide and happiness skit where there's like a princess in the tower and she's singing all about how she's going to meet her prince today. And then it cuts across the fairy tale land to a man in a castle and he's in there talking about, I'm going to get laid, I'm going to get laid. <laughs> like, <and laughs> So, 
imagine the dichotomy between you know, a beautiful princess singing about finding her love and then just a man being like, dick, doing scrout shit <laughs> two castles over. That's basically what this sounds like to me. We'll, we'll totally put that in the notes so you can see because it. <laughs> it's really funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, so on to the date. So the time comes and I get to his apartment at exactly half 12. Then I knock and wait a minute and then I knock again. He finally comes to the door a bleary-eyed and dishevelled, dressed in shorts and a tee that was definitely slept in. He says I woke him up and asked for a minute to get dressed. Uh, wow. I say okay, even though my bubble has completely been burst about him, about him looking forward to the day as much as I had been. Oh, that's oh. heartbreaking. <laughs> he leads me to a couch and I sit and wait while he enters his bathroom. The apartment was small, so the acoustics were... Okay, they were there, that's for sure. (laughs) He proceeded to take (laughs) a long, loud, and leisurely morning shift. I couldn't believe I was sitting there in that that situation, how long it dragged on. (laughs) I want to see, like, an SNL sketch that plays this out. I need to see a video version of this. So she literally went to a guy's house, bless her, like, bless her heart. And then listened to him take a massive dump within the first five minutes of meeting him. <laughs> Listen to him taking a shit. What the fuck? And that's the energy he's going to bring with you for the rest of the relationship. Pretty much. <laughs> but, 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 but the next two lines are just like, oh my gosh. I thought he'd come out eventually and say he was sick or something. <laughs> Because whatever went on in that bathroom didn't sound healthy. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yeah, so this is the time when he should have cancelled the date. Yeah. This is like the one acceptable excuse to cancel a date. I unexpectedly got explosive diarrhea. Sounds like a reasonable excuse to me. (laughs) Men have cancelled dates for less. Isn't it actually explosive diarrhea? Or just like the average poop from a scrot who just has a terrible diet of like fast food and like no fiber? So he's just like, like every morning. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Bathroom humor, bad. Uh, carrying on. So he eventually comes out and asks if before our date we can go to the grocery store because he needs cat food. I don't know why I agreed to this. I suppose I was in shock. He drives us to the store and we get the cat food and I honestly don't remember what we talked about. I just remember thinking, is this a date I'm on? Like, what's going on here? And in my head, I was still, I was still hearing that massive shit. <laughs> You know her episode with Cornelia where she's like, oh, some guys will just ask if you want to go on a walk date on his way to his work or something, right? Like, if a guy wants to take you on a low-effort date where he just brings you on his day-to-day errands... To buy cat food? Run away. Like, fuck that. Ridiculous. I don't understand why men find like think that women are supposed to find this attractive. Did he really think this was going to be acceptable? I, I would think you would put in the barest of minimums to try to be sexually attractive. And that would include not taking a massive, smelly, overwhelming, pungent dump while your date is sitting in the living room. I mean, you think this would be basic, right? It's mind-boggling, isn't it? If there's one thing I've learned for, about men recently, especially on Twitter, is that uh, low-value men 
Uh, they just do not care to be attractive to women. It's just something that does not occur to them. They think that women are supposed to want to be attractive to men. Uh, but since they see women as objects, the idea of them having to be attractive for a woman uh, it's just unfathomable to them. Like I had a tweet a few, a uh, few days ago saying like, Oh, you know, guys, if you're, if you're having a hard time dating women, you know, maybe you should think about how to be more attractive to women and actually become the sort of man that women want. And so many guys were replying like, what? <laughs> like clutching their pearls at the suggestion that they have to make themselves desirable to women. They get straight up offended by that because it's just never occurred to them. I just, I just can't get over the audacity and extreme, extreme, complete disregard for your guests to take a massive smelly dump while they're in the other room. I'm sorry, you guys. I can't get past this. And the cat food thing. It's, just, it's, yeah. It's yeah. just, it's, yeah. Okay, so so when we get back to his apartment, he feeds his cat, then asks what I want to do. Yeah, to which I respond, I'm not sure. I don't think I was even in my body at this point. To be fair, I've been so disgusted and horrified by stuff. My soul has literally, it's literally left my body and, is in, and it goes to the ancestral plane. It comes back within a few hours, to be fair. But yeah, I can fully relate, basically, to how she's feeling when her soul's left her body. Anyway, um, he suggests we watch a DVD, which I'm pretty sure was Wall E. Um, I just know that I'd seen it before and I was deathly afraid that he tried to touch me during it. Well, he actually didn't. He wanted to watch a children's movie with you at his home on DVD. Who still has DVDs? First of all, <laughs> it, was, it was 15 years ago. Oh, right. so, it was 15 years ago. It was 15 years okay, ago. That's all right. But still, child's movie. It just knows the show has got a childlike mentality, but yeah. Clearly, clearly. Um, anyway, um, the final bit is, um, he didn't actually touch me. And at the end of the movie, I said I'd be on my way. Then he showed me a handful of prescription pills. Street pharmacist! Wow. And asked if I wanted to purchase any. I said no and left. Uh, when my best friend got home from work that night, I asked her why she hated me so much. <laughs> <laughs> she swore that he was funny, charming, and great at work, and she apologized profusely. I mean, I never went on another blind date again, and never will. Well, uh, we, uh, yeah, Sarah, we're we're really glad it was a painful lesson, but you learned it. So, props to you. But man. I would have left after that shit, to be honest. I can't be in someone's flat just <laughs> smelling their shit. <laughs> oh, the essence of their of their feces just wafting into the hallway. I just I can't. I can't. You guys <laughs> No, the minute he opened the door and looked disheveled, I would have just walked away and been like, oh, sorry, wrong house. Yeah. And it's not even like these guys have like, because you know how in bathrooms you can get all sorts of stuff. Um, you know, to make it smell nice, like the little incense sticks that um, they call like the toilet rim broth. They, w- they won't even have that. So you're Pumpery. literally just smelling, as my mum would say, literally raw shit. <laughs> it's disgusting. <laughs> Raw, unfiltered, uncut shit. Just straight from the intestine. Oh, God. Ew. I'm curious as to what kind of pills they were. Was this just like, I don't know what pills, I don't do drugs. Was he an opioid addiction? Like, yeah, I'm like, is this some kind of reaction to a drug? Is explosive diarrhea a common reaction to drugs? <laughs> it can be. She said it was a, pres- she said it was. I mean, prescription drugs, like the only drugs. Runny, explosive, wafting diarrhea. <laughs> 
You know, usually they're either like Adderall, like they're usually either uppers or downers. So you'll do either like opioids, you know, like, uh, or I don't know, like, what is it? Like Xanax, Valium, Percocet. What are some other like, do they make your bowels release? (laughs) I mean, I'm not an expert or anything like that. Um, so opioids do actually make you constipated. Oh, that's a thing. I only know this because I have a lot of relatives who work in healthcare, and this is like a serious problem recently with the opioid crisis. Like a lot of people are dying because of fentanyl Mm -hmm. and stuff. So, yeah, yeah, and usually people turn to things like heroin and fentanyl because of you know, say, a work injury, and then they start taking uh, painkillers, and then their prescription runs out, and that's when they become uh, an addict. So, yeah, I don't, I don't endorse taking these drugs. It's bad. Don't, don't do that. Yeah, drugs are bad, kids. Just want to be clear. <laughs> well, I don't even know what to say further than this. I mean, how can you drag a guy who's already dragged himself with his presence? Yeah, she dragged him already. Like, that was just his existence is a, is a drag. I mean, yeah, honestly, yeah, his whole existence is a, is a cell phone there. But I hope he falls in next time he takes a shit. I hope every time he takes a shit from now on, it backsplashes onto his bottom. Ew. <laughs> And I hope it's always cold. It's always cold. I hope his shits are cold forever. <laughs> but then, but, yeah, but then, where some poor woman is going to have to see that. No, no, no. No woman will see that because no woman will be bothered. Not on my watch. <laughs> also, it's 15 years later, okay? Like, if you've got that guy, I don't know how old he was at the time. Maybe 20, maybe 30. But he's at least 35 now, right? Like, 35, 40. 45 50 like he's old as fuck now okay so no one's gonna no woman's gonna see that if that's how he is plus 15 years no one's no woman's gonna want that gosh sarah yeah i I refuse to allow this i'm gonna be honest yeah i i i I, let's let's put a new rule in the handbook if you encounter a man who takes a sloppy loud shit within (laughs) minutes of meeting you and doesn't have the courtesy to try to disguise it that is a red flag. I mean, him sleeping in until the very start of her date, that alone is low effort. That was the first, that was the first walk away thing. Yeah. Sounds like he's hung over. Maybe he'd just been holding in that shit for days if he's on pills. <laughs> maybe he's, maybe he's really funny at work because he's high all the time. He's on uppers and then now this is the low. <laughs> he's been holding in that shit for probably a week. Um, so yeah, thank you for that roast a shitty scrope. Sarah, and I hope it went. Yeah. <laughs> what are we going to name this one? Ex- explosive diarrhea <laughs> script. Explosive, ex- an explosive experience. <laughs> not in thank that you. way, in brackets. <laughs> cool. Okay. Uh, thank you, Sarah. If anyone else would like to submit a roast to scrot, a queen shit, or a narcissist to be read aloud on our podcast, please go to our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash the female dating strategy. What's up, queens? Welcome to the female dating strategy podcast, the meanest female only podcast on the internet. I'm your host, Ro. And I'm Savannah. And this is Lilith. And today we're going to talk about overcoming defeatist mindsets. And this pod episode was inspired by uh, a recent, some recent subreddit drama, wherein a lot of the original mods 
and uh, disciples and strategy coaches were getting a little bit upset uh, about an overall negative defeatist turn that the subreddit was had been taken in recent months. Um, there's some discussion on why that was. A lot of people were saying it's because Reddit had been slowly banning a lot of other female-only subs. And by female-only subs, we mean both the moderators and the contributors are only female. Um, and so a lot of people from these other subs came over to FDS, and that's subreddits like Pink Pill Feminism, Our Fem Cells, Our Web Fems, <laughs> Leftover Gender Critical People. And because Female Dating Strategy is one of the few subreddits still moderated and engaged by a solely female population... There's this pressure to be all things to all people. Not even all things to all people, all things to all women. Yeah, true. All things to all women. And that's just not something realistically that we can do. And then furthermore, the larger discussion is that a lot of these other groups, they were bringing an energy to FDS that was not the spirit of FDS. The spirit of FDS is always about self-empowerment and forward movement and creating strategies. Leveling up leveling up, creating strategies to better your life. Being a high-value woman. Being a high-value woman. A lot of your groups were more focused on, you know, for lack of a better description, just like complaining. I mean, there was a lot of complaining about the way things are. And it's like, yes, we know that some of these issues are valid, but we have to move, figure out how to move forward. So I, this episode, I think we're going to go through and dissect some of those ideas, starting with the fem cells. I want to start off by saying that a lot of people think that the word femcell is a slur, and I want to be really specific about who we're talking about here, um, because femcells as a group are people who self-identify as femcells. Like, that's what they call themselves, right? And so a lot of people on Reddit especially think that, like, any woman that, like, isn't a pick-me, basically, is a femcell, right? Right. Any woman, like, all feminists are femcells or, or something like that. They think, like, it's the new, like, feminazi, right? Um, but I'm talking about a very specific group of people, a very specific ideology, which are women who are critical of beauty standards and who feel that they don't fit those beauty standards and feel that that is what's holding them back from having a loving relationship. So the idea that femcell was a slur, I think, can be traced back to the fact that incel, involuntary celibate, is often used as a slur, generally towards men, but it can be used towards women. I know uh, we've all been called that numerous times. <laughs> but it's interesting to note that the incel slash femcell movement actually started with women. And then over time, it begun to be almost co-opted by men um and now we see incels you know commonly associated with men who are frustrated at the fact that they cannot get either sex or a long-term relationship um so yeah that's just an aside to to lilith's point yeah they're self-identified so this isn't us calling them as a slur it's it's an it's a moniker and an identity that they've adopted to explain why they have difficulty dating and for all intents and purposes, some of the fem cells take issue with FDS because they feel like, well, this isn't going to work if you're not top tier beautiful, or uh, this is denying the presence of pretty privilege or lookism, as they call it. So lookism is that the tendency for people to dim- discriminate against people who are not as attractive. And, you know, our philosophy on this is that it, you never need you don't need to be like outrageously beautiful to follow FDS and that the idea of pretty privilege is 
The idea of pretty privilege is something that is overemphasized by the manosphere. But when you look and talk to very beautiful women, you can't outrun patriarchy with pretty privilege. Yeah. <laughs> and that's our entire point. And then secondly, the mentality behind labeling yourself as a fem cell ends up becoming a self-sabotaging behavior. You end up sabotaging the opportunities you do have because you don't want to go out there and try your best. Yeah. And I mean, I've seen a lot of the fem cell types say that FDS is like hot girl dating strategy and that it only works if you're attractive. I take issue with this idea that FDS only works if you're attractive and that if you're unattractive, you need to have a different uh, dating strategy. Um, Because FDS is actually more effective when all women have high standards and all women cut men off at the first sign of disrespect. Because when you have a, it's almost like when you have a different rule book or different set of strategies for unattractive versus attractive women, it creates that division. And it's it's honestly not that different from what you see already, right? Exactly. This idea that like uh, only attractive women deserve to be treated well, or only attractive women um, are allowed to have high standards of male behavior, or that unattractive women have to put up with abuse or mistreatment from men. I think that's something that Um, It's like internalized misogyny, right? It's like they're absorbing the narrative that only pretty people, only pretty women who are submissive and feminine deserve to be treated like human beings or well by men. And that's just not true. Yeah. Or only attractive women deserve to have standards for men, right? Or for male behavior. Right. Yes. Because first of all, that's like exactly how it works right now, (laughs) right? Like that's exactly what modern dating culture is. And the problem with this idea, like, oh, only attractive women get to be treated well, even attractive women get excluded from that because it's almost like if you don't meet this Instagram, you know, totally unrealistic beauty standard, like even Instagram influencers don't look like, don't fit that aesthetic. That's why they use like Facetune and stuff. Right. And so all women find themselves like striving to be more and more beautiful if they want to be treated well, but because none of these women fit this like Photoshopped image, like we're all chasing that we're all end up internalizing this idea that we don't deserve to be treated well because we don't fit this beauty standard. My position is like, it literally does not matter how you look. And I think one of my first posts on FDS as a moderator was, um, yes, if you're overweight, you deserve to have high standards. And I think that's just because a lot of, you know, overweight women or unattractive women have internalized this narrative that if they want a relationship, the price of intimacy is abuse. And I don't think that that's something that we should be normalizing. A hundred percent. And and just to tack on to your point, Lilith, if, um, you know, being beautiful was enough to be treated well, um, like literally nobody would be like divorced in Hollywood. The most beautiful women in, I'd say probably in history, people like Liz Taylor, people like J-Lo, they still struggle to get treated well. So the idea that um, it only works for attractive women, if attractive women don't have, I guess, a dating strategy or, or boundaries and standards, they will also be treated badly. I think where there is some merit in this in their argument is that if you are attractive you are probably more likely to have options which is probably true but that doesn't mean that any of those options are any good I mean if we accept that that most men are low value you know having more men come at you doesn't necessarily mean that they're all high value men also I see unattractive couples all the time and they're happy together so 
you know, being uh, um, unattractive doesn't automatically make you low value as long as you date someone who is, you know, similar to you. I mean, and, and we just had an episode a few weeks ago with Cornelia and she's Instagram beautiful and they're still mad. So yeah, <laughs> like there's no winning here. Yeah. Like you could be a literal 10 out of 10. And if anything, if you have high standards and you're beautiful, they'll get even more mad at you. <laughs> so exactly. So I'm like, recognize the game being played. I feel like fem cells have internalized the misogyny of the manosphere and made that fact when it's not. Yeah, that's exactly it. That's just a narrative that men are trying to sell to you because it benefits them for you to believe that. Yes, 100%. Yeah, I feel like fem cells, yeah, they've, it's almost, yeah, that's exactly it. They've literally internalized the misogyny of the manosphere and accepted that as fact. Um, And then for some reason they call that feminist. I don't, like, I don't get that. That's not, I don't see that as uh, progressive for women in any way. It's, I see it as very re- regressive, actually. The, and, and the other thing is, like, with fem cells, um, they're, like, really, uh, like, mean to other women a lot of the times. Yeah. After we banned a lot of these people, seeing, uh, you know, some of the comments that they were writing about FDS, oh, they're all, like, autocratic dictators, they're mean girls, they're Regina George, they're this and that, and they're fascists. It's like, you know, they seem to have this belief that, like, women who have any boundaries or women who exert any kind of leadership are evil (laughs) or bad or mean girls, right? I mean, and so much of what femcells say just it comes across to me that like maybe they were bullied or a lot of their issues are actually just they are socially awkward or a little bit, like timid, maybe they're introverted because the one, I mean, I don't really know what a femme cell looks like. Like I'm trying to actually just picture what a femme cell actually looks like. And I can't really off offhand think of like an archetypal femme cell because there's just not a whole lot of women where I'm like, Oh girl, you are so tore down. Give up. Right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, the thing is like, I've seen, I've seen femme cell selfies. Okay. When femme cells was still around and I think they, they still use Vindicta, a lot of them. Um, but a lot of them will post selfies and, um, like they're not even that bad. Like they're not like hideous monsters. I think a lot of them just have really, really bad self-esteem. Yeah, it just seems like poor self-esteem. It seems like the thing that they could work on just, you know, besides obsessing about the physical standards is actually working on their soft skills and their social skills. Because so so much of it seems to be an internalized sense of shame, an internalized uh, sense of misogyny, low self-esteem, in which case therapy and also working on how to navigate social situations better so they don't feel that constant rejection and that constant anxiety of, of being rejected uh, would help them. You know, I, I think some people just like internalize the messages they may have gotten in high school or when they were young and then take that well into their adulthood. And it's just like those attitudes don't serve you, even if it was true at one point that you were rejected and you were bullied because you weren't pretty enough and you weren't this enough. Like those attitudes do not serve you into adulthood. And you'll find that you will find a lot more success in life. And and, and people grow up and, and grow a lot more mature that people, if you accept yourself, a lot of times people are more accepting of who you are. Yeah. I saw one thread on Femcells a while back that was like criticizing FDS and it said something like, um, FDS has a, a blind spot that the reason why a lot of women fall for these manipulation tactics for men is because they're unattractive and they think that, you know, if they want a boyfriend that they have to 
you know, kind of go, or, you know, they're much more, basically the idea that fem cells are much more vulnerable to abuse because they're unattractive. And so when a man shows them the slightest bit of affection, they like go, oh my gosh, like, you know, and have a hard time spotting red flags and so on. Um, when I read that, my first thought was like, first of all, like men are really good at sniffing out insecurity. Um, so whether you're beautiful or, or, or not, they will like men are like uh, sharks, right? Men are to insecurity what sharks are to blood. They'll sniff it out miles away and then like go and then attack, right? So if you are insecure or if you have low self-esteem, yeah, like you're going to be way more vulnerable to men's abuse for sure. And so the key to that is not to become more beautiful because even if you become more attractive, you're still going to have that insecurity. You're just going to be attractive bait. Juicier, tastier, meatier, more delicious bait. Shark bait. Woo-ha. Yeah, you're just going to be attractive bait. Like, you got to raise your self-esteem. You know, I know a lot of them say, like, oh, like, you know, I don't buy the just to have more confidence kind of thing. Just having more confidence isn't necessarily going to attract more men. It's going to protect you from predatory men. It's going to give you the power to say no to men who are trying to manipulate you. Exactly. And I also want to say I actually do have a lot of compassion for fem cells. That being said, like, um, I have limitations on the amount of emotional labor I'm able to do for other women. And so, um, you know, while I do like, it is true that going through life as a less attractive person does affect your mentality. Right. Um, I've talked about this with men a lot before where I talk about how, you know, guys who are short grow up internalizing this like self-loathing and end up being kind of assholes a lot of the time just because a lot of short guys get like bullied right and so they end up becoming very like bitter and very uh angry about it and a similar thing happens to women and if arguably it's much more compounded in women because women are told that their beauty is like the most important thing and so if you don't have that you're seen as like worthless so if anything like the psychological impacts of going through life as a less attractive person is going to be greater on a woman than on say a short man right but here's the thing is like I think it's going to be easier to change your mentality than to change the rest of the world. Uh, and that's the kind of my, my, um, you know, while I feel compassion for fem cells, what I don't agree with is a lot of their calls to action, which is to try to, you know, uh, destigmatize ugliness or, you know, fight lookism and so on. And it's like, you know, trying to get other people to find you as find you attractive is going to be harder than changing your own mentality. Yeah. Uphill battle. And, and, and here's the thing, like going through life as a less attractive person, it's, it, there's some trauma associated with that for sure. Like it can be traumatizing to be bullied for your looks. Absolutely. Um, but that's on you to go to therapy and learn healthy, healthy coping mechanisms and stuff. And it's, it's not fair, but it's not good for you either to just like sit around on Reddit and yell at women who wear makeup. Right. Yeah. Plus, plus you could be worse off. You could be a man. Right. Remember, like you have the vagina, you have the power, sis. I'm not kidding. I'm like, let's say you're just like, you wake up in the morning and you're like, listen, I hear you, but I'm like a solid 3.5. Treat these one through four dudes like they owe you some shit for talking to you. I'm dead serious. (laughs) You still won. You won. You woke up today with a vagina. You still get to choose, right? You don't get to choose all the guys, but you still get to choose. And a lot of the, the incels have literally nobody, right? And they know this. That's why they hate women, because they know we have disproportionate power in this arena compared to men. 
Yes, as a personal anecdote, but I used to volunteer in a homeless shelter working with, um, um, you know, people with addictions. Um, and I went to some of the women projects. Now, I don't know how to say this in a diplomatic way, but some of these women, it was, it was shocking. Um, the, the fact that men would actually pay to have sex with them. <laughs> I'll just I'll just say that I don't know how to I don't know how to be more diplomatic. Are you talking about toothless hookers? Honestly, though, these women wouldn't w- gathering up them homeless dudes like their own little army. It, it wasn't <laughs> really scrot army. I swear to God, it, it wasn't just homeless dudes though. It was also like normal, like regular dudes. These women wouldn't wash. They wouldn't brush their teeth. They wouldn't change their clothes. They would have, you know, like for example, three teeth in their skull, and they would still get men who would pay to sleep with them. <laughs> <laughs> winning hashtag hashtag winning and i remember at the time i was like thinking damn i'm doing a degree and i'm just out here waiting for a text back like what the fuck but honestly <laughs> like, <laughs> i mean toothless gum filled prostitute can get men to call her back these women still get men they still get men willing to pay for their company so this is why i'm also pressed and stressed for their company I'm also- I i've seen i've seen homeless guys fight over homeless women this is a thing so honestly like and and i think i think women as a class we need to understand that men a lot of men will do anything for a crumb of pussy it's men who are paying for used panties for women's bath water like <laughs> and you're out here thinking that you're unattractive and desperate really yeah really sis no no just no yeah so i mean to wrap up this segment about fem cells wallowing in self-pity is it going to help you advance your own life and is a self-sabotaging behavior. That's not to say there aren't additional obstacles for women who find their looks challenging. Or that life for unattractive women isn't hard. It absolutely is. Yeah. But understanding that being attractive comes with its own set of drawbacks. Being unattractive comes with its own set of drawbacks. The idea is to move forward and play with the card you've been dealt. And that a lot of times the defeatist attitudes they have reek of internalized misogyny and aren't actually as true as they try to make it. Lookism definitely exists and it definitely negatively affects women. Um, but I think making your entire identity around the fact that you feel unattractive, I think is going to do you more harm than good as opposed to just trying to like, I don't know, just live the best life that you can with the genetics and with the body you've been given. So that brings us to our next segment of women who were kind of they were kind of booted during the perch <laughs> and this was the wig towels wig towels stands for women going their own way they're kind of the uh the female version of MGTOW. MGTOW was the original which is men going their own way it's women it's women who have decided to completely forego relationships with men generally for a life of solitude they don't date they don't want to have companionship or relationships going forward and they don't want to try yeah i i also do want to point out that migtow and wigtow are very different things like migtow i mean they say they're going their own way but all they do is like bitch about women and some of them and some of them still date women as well yeah they just hate women they're just normal misogynists yeah yeah they just hate women but wigtow is actually legit serious about having nothing to do in a romantic sense with men like they're very serious about it yeah, the MGTOWs, you can tell they're full of it because they spend so much of their time plotting revenge against the feminazis. I'm like, this doesn't sound like you're going your own goddamn way. <laughs> Fucking leave. 
Yeah. Like, wait till at least they commit to the idea of actually going their own way. And so I kind of respect that, actually. Like, they're, they've got integrity, unlike the MGTOWs. Yeah, yeah, I respect that, yeah. Yeah, the MGTOWs are just, like, sitting around, <laughs> men sitting around getting mad because they got rejected. You know, it's it's quite a bit different. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, and wake towels are like, I'm tired of being abused by men. And so I'm just gonna, it's just safer for me to avoid men and male violence altogether rather than just put myself in constant risk and constant danger. And a lot of them just, you know, they say they don't want to live a life of like constantly vetting and feeling like paranoid and on guard all the time. And it's like, you know, fair enough. I don't, I don't blame you for that. I mean, it's not a bad thing. It's just not FDS. Yeah, that's, that's ultimately. That's ultimately the um, the crux of of the reason why uh, women who subscribe to a wigtail philosophy um, are ultimately like FDS isn't for them. I mean, we would get posts about on the subreddit. There will be posts from women who were just talking about their relationship, and then you just you know get somebody who was wigtail just jumping and like say you know for example why are you still dating men or what's the point with men they're all evil and it's sort of like it's it just it was strange to me that they would hang out on a dating subreddit when they just didn't want to date men i don't have an issue with their with their ideology i think it's you know valid if you don't want to date men that is entirely your choice but to then try and push that decision onto women who are heterosexual is deeply problematic and you know you would get you know some of them would even go as far as saying if you're if you're basically heterosexual you you know you should either become a political lesbian in quotation marks or you should just become celibate and it's just it's it it isn't acceptable and i don't know in what i don't know in what universe it's okay i think that suggestion is immoral because it would be wrong to tell a lesbian that if she can't date men then she should just be celibate for life it's immoral. Because part of, like, the human experience is, you know, love, intimacy, relationships, and so on, right? And sexuality is a big part of that. And sexuality. And some people are straight, and some people are gay, and some people are bi, and some people are other. You can't choose that. Yeah, you can't change that. <laughs> that's that's That was the whole fight behind gay rights, is that your sexual orientation is innate. It's not something you can just adjust at any type of political whim. Yeah. Yeah. And you can't like, you know, you're attracted to who you're attracted to. And like, there's, it's, uh, and that's okay. I think they hang out on FDS too, because we have better engagement. We have better engagement. And also our moderators are, are really awesome people. Yeah. I really, really think the moderator, the moderating on FDS makes a difference. And it's probably why we're left standing versus some of the other uh, female centric subreddits and I'm not blaming them because a lot of this shit is just bullshit reddit politics where they antagonize female subs in general but some of it like the reason why I think we became popular versus other types of subreddits that had similar ideas is that our moderators like I think are genuinely awesome people who live pretty genuinely awesome lives which just wanted to make their dating experience better um so it just became more popular to a larger group of women who you know, they kind of casually, they're more casually engaged in FDS instead of like the long drawn out discussions that happen on Wigtow or Fem Cells where they like go through the detail of every single reason why, you know, women are disadvantaged in society, which is, which may be in some respects valid, but also just like a little bit much and doesn't necessarily serve you out in the real world when you're trying to materially improve your real world life that doesn't exist online. I remember when I was a lot younger and I was like maybe 14 or 15 and I was having an argument with my sister and I was um, admittedly, I was being really mean. I was saying like things to my sister that were true, um, but they were not 
helpful. And my mom like sat down with me and was like, Lilith, you know, you can't, you can't be saying that. That's not nice. And I'm like, but it's true. And she's like, but is it helpful? And I think that, and that like moment, uh, really stuck with me because, and I think about that a lot. Like, even if I'm right, is this helpful? Like, is this actually being productive? And is this achieve? Am I communicating or going about it in a way that's going to get the result that I want? Right. Yeah. And I think a lot of women, you know, get really caught up in ideology or caught up in the injustice of certain things and don't focus so much on the call to action, the solution to this, right? And just get caught up in like the the hopelessness. Even if you're right, is it helpful? Yeah. Because it's scary and they may not know what to do. And to be honest, like when it comes to dating strategy, we're all figuring this out. And that's kind of why it's become the community. It is because we, we didn't, we weren't all born knowing what to do. It's just that some of us are started, you know, doing things by trial and error and started to figure things out. And I think the scary thing is for people who maybe like have failed and maybe failed really badly and they're just afraid of trying again. But like in order for you to empower yourself, you're going to have to take some failures while at the same time striving and running towards happiness and running towards improving your life. Right. And I think that's just the difference between FDS and then some of these other philosophies where they're more or less like creating a lot of ideologies behind the choices that they're making to to protect themselves or why they're failing. And they could be right. But the question is always, what are you going to do about it? And I had a therapist that said something like that to me. And at the time, I honestly hated her face. like where I was complaining about, I'm so serious. I, I can actually remember this, a number that I was so devastated in the moment where I had a therapist and I was talking to her about all this really horrible shit that had happened. And it was true. And it was really, really bad. And then she listens really nicely and she's like, okay, what are you going to do about it? <laughs> and I was so fucking pissed that I actually did not go back to that therapist after about two sessions because I thought it was just like really, really harsh. And I was like, you understand I have all this shit going on. And Years later, that still stuck with me because it sort of short circuited in my brain that, yes, all those things are me true. All those fucked up things could have happened and you could be really emotionally devastated. But what are you going to do? What are you going to do about it so that you can make your life materially better? And it is a hard, 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 hard lesson to learn and a hard, hard, even harder to execute, to be honest. But the hope with female dating strategy was to take all of these things that are obstacles for women having happy relationships and create a strategy that's likely to help us succeed both individually and as a group. Yeah. And so for like the Wigtow types, you know, if you, if you don't want to date right now or ever, you know, that's, that's totally cool. Like you do you, I just saw it on the subreddit frame this way. Um, you know, it's okay to be vegan, but don't grow on at other members being like meat is murder, like that kind of thing. Right. It's okay to, um, you know, to be like an environmentalist or something like that, but don't go around like yelling at people for driving or something like that. Right. Yeah, exactly. It's okay to have your, your beliefs. And and here's the thing, like if you are um, not interested in dating, it's not like the barrier to entry to FDS is like, you have to re- have a certain minimum number of dates per week or something in order to participate on FDS. Like you can be not actively dating and still participate on FDS. The problem and the bannable offense is when you go around and tell women like you're stupid for dating men pretty much, or, you know, why are you even dating men? You should be single. They'll never, you'll never change the culture that way. That's what also bothers me about that. You'll never change anything refusing to get your hands dirty and do the work. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, like even if you're not actively dating men, um, there is value in just like 
um, even if you're not interested in a relationship, like you're still doing your sisters a favor by going out and rejecting low effort, shitty men just to teach them a lesson. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like you're not going to teach You're not going to change the culture by not participating. Like, I feel like part of the reason why there's so many fuck boys and so many stupid shitty men out there is just because they've never heard the word. No, they've never been confronted with a woman who wasn't a pick me. Yeah. They need to repeatedly fail. Yeah. They need to like repeatedly fail, especially the pickup artist types. Like I'm like, does any of this like work, you know? And apparently it does. Like the reason why it works is because there's the only women who are in the dating game are pick me's. And so you have to like, there needs to be more women who are based basically going out there and, you know, just rejecting shitty men left, right, center. And until they finally fucking learn their lesson, you'll be doing other women a favor by doing that. Yeah, and, and and you'll also be, it's also practice for when you eventually, if you decide to find a serious relationship, because things like I was, you know, my therapist has always said, you know, being able to to flex and enforce boundaries is something you have to learn, especially if you come from a background where boundaries, um, you know, where you were not taught how to to have boundaries and to enforce them like a lot of women. Or if you were punished for having boundaries. Or if you're punished for them, yeah, you have to, you have to practice at enforcing them. It's not just going to come when you meet a high value man. That's not how it works. It comes through practice. And another thing I think that sort of annoyed me about the whole, you know, um, like the wigtail infiltration is, is that we, I think there were a lot of comments that the mods got, um, you know, saying that, you know, free speech, you know, you're censoring me, stuff like that when they were banned. And it's that I think part of being a high value woman, <laughs> you know, part of being to me like high value woman is, is, you know, knowing when to speak and also knowing when to keep quiet. I know that sounds really anti-feminist, but you don't always have to, to, you don't always have to voice your dissent in every, like read the fucking room, okay? Exactly, exactly. You don't always have to. You don't have to shove your ideology or shove your beliefs in every single situation. Yeah, exactly. Like, you don't always have to, and it's and it's something my brother taught me when I was quite young. Actually, he said, you know, you know, you know. There's it's also in the Bible as well. There's a time to speak and there's a time to be silent. And I think that if you want a more stress-free life and a less combative life, it's really it's a really important skill to learn and you know sometimes you know not giving your opinion doesn't mean that you know you're agreeing or you're letting shit slide but it's about where you're choosing to direct your energy in the moment if you're on a dating subreddit you're going to assume that most women are looking to date so if you're not looking to date it's not worth your energy you know leaving comments telling women not to date it's just a complete waste of your energy well we can get into this a little bit more in our next segment too about when we're talking about some of the more antagonistic radical feminist ideas that are anti super anti beauty standards and straight up female separatist. Um, to reiterate your point, a lot of these people who are female separatists, to me, they remind me of people sitting on the edge of a pool, watching other people swim and learn to swim. And then being like, you're going to drown. You're going <laughs> to drown. Yeah. And it's like, well, you're going to drown if you don't learn how to swim too, right? Either you'll get tempted to go in the water because something will look particularly enticing or you'll get pushed in the water and you'll have to learn to swim anyways. So I'm like, yes, people are going to drown by <laughs> learning how to swim. A lot of, a lot more people are going to learn how to swim and people are going to fail and fail and fail at swimming until they actually get pretty good. It, it just seems to me to be completely 
ineffective to just say, I'm not going to play at all. And then you have zero skills built up to deal with what are treacherous waters. It means you got to really avoid the beach and the pool forever, right? Because if you try to dip your toe back in. Yeah. It's like, what, you're never going to go swimming ever again? Like never touch water ever again? Like, right. (laughs) If you put, if you dip your toe in and you just cannonball in the deep end, you're likely to drown, right? (laughs) Because you haven't built up the skills in the shallow end of the pool or like built your confidence about how to navigate these situations so that you know what you're doing. You're doing yourself a disservice by not trying. Yeah. And also like, um, Dating men, like casual dating men, as we discussed in our rotational dating thing, it's like a great like sandbox mode for just interacting with men in general. I definitely started dating way too young, but I have to say that experience learning to manipulate men from a very young age has done me a massive service in my career, in university and so on. Like no understanding how to how men's Like learning how to hack male psychology is a valuable skill. And it's even if you're not interested in dating men, um, you know, you're going to have to interact with men, you know, whether you you go, I don't know, in work or, you know, getting, uh, you know, services done at your home or anything like you're going to have to interact with men eventually and knowing how to influence them, knowing how to control them. using language that's a skill yeah is a skill like it's only going to make you more powerful not less and how to maintain your boundaries when they come at you with bullshit because they're gonna they're gonna come up with you a lot of bullshit right it's not even just like you going on the offensive with them it's that understanding how to accurately defend yourself even if you don't go on the offensive with them they will go on the offensive with you and if you haven't figured out how to defend yourself in different environments you're not going to be very good at it yeah. And so like casually dating men is like a great sandbox mode for, for learning those defensive skills. hundred percent. Use them for practice. Yeah. Use them for, for target practice. <laughs> use, use them for target practice. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love it. Anyways. We call them high value men and uh, mistakes, target practice mistakes. <laughs> That's savage. Oh, that's totally going to get taken out of context. And oh my God, advocating violence. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Anyways, we end this podcast with Dimad every single week. Like, <laughs> just tell it, just tell them, yeah, just tell them like you have high value men and uh, failed experiments. You learn either way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's two types of men there's high value men and failed experiments. That's 100% correct. And you learn either way. Every every experience with a man, good or bad, is a is a learning experience. Um, yeah, that's not to say. Like, I do want to say that a lot of women are do have a lot of trauma from men. And you know, if you if you don't want to be around men because of trauma, you know, it's understandable. But at the same time, like you got like, do you really want to go through life in constant like fear? Is that really the life that you want to live as being constantly fearful and traumatized? And what what therapy does is it it helps you to build the skills to protect yourself while uh, getting rid of uh, behaviors that self-sabotage your happiness. And isolation actually sabotages your happiness a lot. People need social interaction. We're social creatures. And also, you know, it it robs you of experiencing the beauty of life, right? You want to advocate for yourself rather than just hiding yourself and protecting yourself and letting you you don't want to let the terrorists win that's kind of the mentality i keep when i when i think that way yeah 
You don't want to let the terrorists win. Uh, that's how I feel about male violence. And this is another thing that bothers me in a lot of discussions I see on FDS and other feminist spaces is like when discussing male violence, a lot of women say, oh, I avoid men. I don't, I don't do this. I don't do that. I regulate every single minute of my day to protect myself from male violence. And I'm like, sis, like that's what they want. Like that is the whole point of male violence is to terrorize women and to get women to self-police and self-regulate their behavior. And so I'm not like, you know, trying to victim blame women. Like I understand completely why they, why, why they do that. And it's understandable to be fearful, but at the same time, like by living your life that way and living in fear, constant fear of male violence and, you know, passing up on opportunities because of a fear of male violence, you're giving violent men exactly what they want. That's the whole point. Yeah. Don't let the terrorists win. And men will have you hopping around in a circle in your backyard before they'll call out other men. So that's why you always have to put the focus on pushing yourself forward and your freedom forward and your liberation from men forward and not let them successfully intimidate you into being small. There's too many countries where the solution to male violence is female captivity. Yeah. Oh, like male violence is a problem. Just cover your face. Just stay at home. Don't do this. Don't do that. Um, No, like I think we need to go out and live our best lives in spite of that. And yeah, is it dangerous? Is it scary? Absolutely. But I don't just as a moment of uh, just out of spite, I don't want to let those fuckers win. And, you know, this is the reason why FDS is hated so much by by men, because it it ultimately, if every woman in the world, you know, followed FDS, they've even admitted that it will make their lives more difficult and they don't want that. So Or that they'd have to put more effort into dating and they don't want that. Well, they'd have to put more effort or, I mean, or essentially it would, you know, make their lives more difficult and inconvenient. And because they're used to having I guess, you know, life on easy mode, the fact that they cannot get us to capitulate through their essays, through their YouTube videos, through um, just, you know, trying to call us, you know, fem cells, single moms, everything. I think we've been called everything under the sun. Like, yeah, we're white feminists, we're angry black women, we're, you know, bitchy hot women, we're, you know, ugly fem cells, but like, ugh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're basically Schrodinger's like women at the same, you know, on the... On the one hand, we're femme cells. On the other hand, we're just whores who sleep with anyone. It's very bizarre. Anyway, I digress. But but this is the reason why FDS, it, it legitimately scares so many men. They see our power. They see that we're influencing women. They see our power. And if, and if every woman around the world, you know, raised her standards and continued to date, they would either have to step up massively or basically, you know, their genes will die out, essentially. That's, you know, that is what will happen. Women, you know, you know, we have the power. We have something that men want. And that is, I guess, our biology and our love and affection. This is why, you know, the, the, there's a reason why we see, you know, men are, are much more willing to pay for sex than women. There's not a booming, you know, male sex worker industry like there is the other way around. Yeah, no matter what lib thumbs try to tell you. What about male sex workers? But even male sex workers, though, their primary customer base, if they want to make any money, is other men. Yeah. Is other men. They're not seeing women. Like, women don't have to pay for sex. And, you know, the fact that 
you know, that alone puts a premium on our company, on our value. And men know this. This is why they try to tear us down through patriarchy, through beauty standards. But if you say no to that and continue to have your standards, regardless of the noise coming in, you will always win. And this is why they're trying to have these this fake equality where men and women treat each other the same because they know that they will still, in that scenario, come out on top because women take infinitely more risk when dealing with men than vice versa. And women have like far less reward when it comes to dealing with men than men have with dealing with women. Men get a lot of free emotional labor, obviously sex, even if it's not the greatest sex, at least not traumatizing, right? They don't have to do any of the reproductive labor. Most of the, uh, the um, childbearing will be done by women. Nowadays, women, most women have jobs and most women are bringing in money. So pretty much it's all benefit for them for you to go 50 50 and no drawbacks very little drawbacks like whereas women there are huge massive drawbacks to the 50 50 model because it's never 50 50 our reproductive biology uh excludes it from being 50 50 our reproductive biology means that men need to really step the fuck up for it to even be like 70 30 exactly <laughs> like to even for it to even be someone in the same ballpark as 50 50 is how skewed it is left-wing fairy tales right-wing fairy tales pick your fairy tale Left-wing terrorist, even, and right-wing terrorist when it comes to intimidating women into stupid ideas, self-sabotaging ideas, pick your poison. Um, so I wanted to move on to talk about our last segment of uh, <laughs> purges, what do we call these, like people who were booted from the subreddit. Um, that was the red film anti-beauty standard female separatist types, which honestly sometimes are indistinguishable from some of the fem cell and wig towel rhetoric, but they, they come at, they come at it from a very specific radical feminist ideology that femininity is inherently a tool of oppression because it's something that men impose on women uh, to perform for men, to be sexually appealing to men and also to, to rob us of our power. Um, and they also come at it from the idea that the best way to best way to not have your power robbed or to not let men win is to just not participate in the game at all. Meaning like, don't wear makeup, don't wear uh, deodorant, don't shave, don't date. Some of them are uh, full on female separatist and, and a lot of them are lesbians. So they literally have no use for men <laughs> either. Nice. <laughs> Some of them are lesbians, so they have no use for men. Mad respect, ladies, honestly. <laughs> not to diss that. I want to say that's cool. <laughs> No, it's fine. It's just, it's more easy. It's easier for them to make the decision to just fully not engage with men. And sometimes it comes across like they're antagonistic towards heterosexual women who desire relationships with men. I have to say it is completely unrealistic to ask the 90% of women who identify as female to stay away from dick for life. Like you're kidding yourself. <laughs> and you're also, is also completely uh, a straw man to assign all of our oppression to things like beauty standards, because beauty standards are things that make you attractive to the opposite sex. But the work that FDS is doing is demanding more value for the beauty standards that we adhere to, meaning like men need to adhere to things that we find sexually attractive in equal measure to the things that they find sexually attractive to uh, from us. And that's more or less the FDS way rather than saying like, everything that makes you beautiful and sexually attracted to men is a tool of the patriarchy and you should reject it altogether. It's like, well, yeah, we do want to be attractive to the men that we want, right? We're heterosexual. We want to have sex with men that we want. And so this, this attitude that a lot of the radical feminist separatists have is very, very self-sabotaging to straight women because it's like, 
what are you going to gain out of your life by completely eschewing anything that might make you feel physically good or feel physically sexually attractive to the opposite sex? I, yeah, I do want to start out by saying, um, you know, a lot of radical feminists in the aftermath of the purge were very like offended to be lumped in with fem cells and, you know, the wig tow types and so on. Um, you know, some people were commenting saying, you know, all the posts or comments that were talking about like female separatists as being somehow related to radical feminism, a lot of, you know, comments like, oh, that's not what radical feminism is about, you know, blah, blah, blah. Here's the thing though, is like, yeah, it's not a core principle of radical feminists to, uh, like, I'm a radical feminist, but I'm not a female separatist, right? A lot of women who are radical feminists, you know, like Gail Dines, for example, still marry men and have children and so on, right? Um, so it's not a, you know, core tenet of radical feminism to be a female separatist. However, that being said, like, I don't appreciate the low-key kind of gaslighting that a lot of these women were going around saying when we know for a fact that these sorts of women do exist, right? Like, I get, on Twitter especially, like, I get radical feminists, like, you know, coming at me. I mean, not so much on Twitter. I'd say definitely more on Reddit, and that's kind of one of the reasons why I just wanted to stop using Reddit. It was just because, um, uh, how do I say it? Like, I, you know, don't appreciate the kind of misogyny that comes from the female separatists and almost like kind of slut shaming that a lot of them give women who still date men. If I'm being totally honest, uh, a lot of it just does seem like internalized misogyny and just attacking other women. Well, yeah. And it just seems like they don't have a practical solution. Again, it just, it comes across like they're asking us to never do or be anything that might be construed as attractive to men Right. Especially and 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 also it's kind of in denial that some women just do these things because they feel good. Like a lot of us wear makeup. Like I don't need makeup. I wear makeup sometimes and don't, but when I want to wear makeup, like I want to wear makeup. I just like the way that it looks. You know, it can be kind of a soothing ritual thing. And and human beings in general uh have had grooming practices going back thousands of years. So this is not something even just animals. Like when cats groom themselves, are they doing it to appeal to a patriarchal like male gaze or something? Like no, they just want to be well groomed, right? Yeah, exactly. Animals groom and males and females groom. It's just that our society right now puts a lot more of the grooming standards on women and, and what we're pushing back on is that lopsided balance more so than we're pushed and also on any type of beauty treatment that we think is actively harmful, right? It's And again, this is where we separate because we're not an ideology, we're a strategy. So we look at it from risk versus reward and cost versus benefit. Radical feminism often hits an, ide- an ideology and an idealism and a philosophy about how women should be and the idea about liberal uh, liberation from men and rejecting the male gaze and rejecting being sexualized, that's often not compatible with the realistic desires that women have, right? Because most women do desire to have heterosexual relationships, right? The idea being that what we're trying to achieve is more bang for our buck, more to get more return on the investment that we, we do give in beauty standards by exacting those beauty standards or exacting equal, if not more standards on men than the ones that they exact on us. And that's why we have things like finest fuck Fridays. And we have things that talk about sex and talk about dating because the idea is that we're not going to stop 
being attractive to men or trying to be attractive to men because we are heterosexual women who desire companionship with men. And that's part of a, um, that's part of a balance of an interaction, right? You want to be attractive to the people who uh, are attractive to you. I think where we change is we are changing the narrative on like what kinds of guys are that women should put up with, AKA what kinds of Uh, guys that the media and a lot of like virtue signaling crap tells us we have to find attractive, like big guys with big doughy bodies and guys with like little peens and guys who are broke. Right. So we're saying that we have just as much of a right to be honest, realistic, and ruthless about the sexual standards we have with men. And some of the feminist types took issue with that because they were like, well, isn't this like body shaming men? Aren't you putting more, the same standards onto them that you don't like on yourself. And the idea behind that is like, men will not stop trying to sexualize us or be as long as there are heterosexual men. Yeah, men are already doing that. Yeah, they won't stop that. That Yeah, like by not body shaming men, it's not like they're going to stop body shaming women, right? Right. Or trying to like select for women that they find physically or sexually attractive. They're always going to do that. That is a that's just an innate feature of being a not even a human, but just being a being on earth, right? <laughs> being a mammal. Like an animal, like a living thing. Yeah. Right. So this idea that we should not do or won't do anything that are attractive to the opposite sex when literally every other animal does this is just wholly unrealistic. The idea is to create a better balance so that we are actually getting and creating equal and more exacting demands of men for the sexual engagement that we have with them. Yeah, a lot of like the radical feminists, like you should be celibate if you can't date women crowd. And I know not all radical feminists believe this, but there are radical feminists who do believe this. Um, It just seems like another way of repressing female sexuality. And part of what we want to do at FDS is embrace our sexuality, but not in like the male pandering, like lip femmy way, you know, like lip fems are like, I'm embracing my sexuality by doing porn and I'm embracing my sexuality by sucking dick or something like that. And it's like, I want to embrace my sexuality in a way that actually benefits me and makes me come, you know? Yeah. A lot of women, a lot of women are guilt tripped out of having physical and sexual standards. They're all, there's all, <laughs> we talk about this. If you watch Twitter or Instagram or anything, whenever a woman says she likes something, there's like a million guys who just dog pile on her and shame her for having whatever, having a standard that she likes. And then all the pick in the comments, like, I don't need this to be happy. I don't need this. And that's why we have the no standard shaming in the subreddit because we're straight up like, no, whatever a woman expresses as her sexual standard, just because you feel it's too high does not mean it's too high for her. So we completely reject the idea that women need to be policed in the things that they like. There's way too much policing of women's sexual standards when they become too high and not nearly enough policing for when they're way too low, right? And that's that to me is the hypocrisy of a lot of feminist groups because they are quick to antagonize women who demand men pay for dates, who like women who wear makeup or women who are prettier than them (laughs) or demand anything from men that like is more than a sandwich and a Coke, right? Feminists are quick to cut these women down. And that does, that is not helpful. You have to encourage women to have 
standards. All this virtue signaling, all this cutting down of women who are demanding things of men, they won't make your life better. In fact, it'll make your life actively worse because it'll drag the average standard for men ha- to which men have to behave lower. And it's not just material things, right? And it's also vetting strategies to help protect ourselves. These are very, very important things that women need to weed out a large pool of men who don't have good intentions or at least neutral intentions or intentions to uh, exhaust our female labor to their benefit. So when we're talking about, like, I think that's the major thing that feminists that attack us do not understand is that you, like you policing women's standards is actually making things worse. If you want to police something, police women who like go on laundromat dates, right? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. If you want to police women, police like the Tommy Lawrence or the fucking Ann Coulter's of the world who say shit like women shouldn't vote. Okay. Like go for the real like female oppression stuff not this like oh my gosh you're wearing winged eyeliner you're doing it for the patriarchy like fuck off and just like the gaslighting when i remember when um like the fine ass friday posts were introduced and like men and women alike were saying stop sexualizing men or stop objectifying men bearing in mind that all the pictures were of you know majority of them the man was fully clothed um he might be in his underwear there were no naked men and all of a sudden that's objectification. But then if you go onto some of the, um, the porn subreddits, the stuff that men say about women is disgusting. And people are trying to say that it's comparable. You know, what was being said on your know, fine ass Friday was, Oh, he's got a nice smile. Oh, he's so attractive. Maybe with, like, with the smiley face. That was it. And you're comparing that to a guy saying, I would love, you know, to take you in every single one of your holes. Like that's the same. Like stop, like stop with the gaslighting. Male and female sexuality are not the same or they're not played out in the same way. And this whole idea that, you know, women, you know, shouldn't have physical standards. It's just like why are you pretending that women don't have physical standards i don't know why men would want would want women to pretend that we don't because ultimately it's not just women who suffer if we have to basically get to bullshit them to assuage their ego but they also suffer as well like when they end up in a dead bedroom and they're wondering oh why does my wife want to sleep with me i was like well mate if you didn't if you didn't badger her into finding you a tractor or for or if you allowed women to to openly express their preferences with their chest she might have got with somebody she was actually sexually attracted to but that wouldn't have been him and that's why he doesn't doesn't like it so <laughs> preach bing 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 i mean it may not have been you but i'm sure it's just it's, it isn't i mean just like you said that a woman being in a relationship with a man who doesn't find her attractive is devastating i'm sure if the if the boots on the other foot and your wife is fantasizing about fucking henry cavill instead of you every night that wouldn't be very nice either right and, and men used to call women like that frigid and then say they needed medical inter- intervention and so part of like Again, this is part of the sexism and patriarchy is women not being able to honestly express their sexual desires, at the, even if it hurts men's feelings, right? So policing women's speech in this manner is actually doing us all a disservice because if like women stop being interested in sex, rather than them telling them like, like your sex game is whack, your dick is too small, and uh, you're built like a sack of laundry... <laughs> And being honest with them about that's why you don't want to fuck them. And also like you're lazy around the house and I'm tired of cleaning your skid marks out of your drawers. If you're not honest about that, 
then men will start to come to their own conclusions and they'll be like, there must be something wrong with her. Let's put her on pills and like, let's medicate her. You know, like that's, that's traditionally been what's happened to women who were not allowed to be honest about like sexual expression is when it hurt men's feelings is men start to pathologize them as mentally ill. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of this criticism that we're talking about right now, like in terms of policing women's standards is more coming from liberal feminism. Like a lot of, you know, a lot of the policing that's about, um, oh, you should lower your standards and stuff. I think with, um, with rad fans, I think it's, if anything, it's the opposite. I think, um, no, it's them too. It's definitely them too. And, and their big reason is because they don't believe in any type of gender roles. True. Right. Like they were like, it was, it's both of them actually true. It's just like, because they don't believe in any type of like expressed gender differences or gender roles. And, and this is not like, again, this is not everybody who falls in that liberal feminist versus radical feminist camp, but there is like the feminist ideology where they're very, very against like male gazy types. They're, they're very, very against sexualization or objectification. And they're very, very against the idea of uh, separate standards when it comes to dating between men and women. And I think that's been kind of consistent across liberal feminism and radical feminism. And this is where I kind of feel like is like gender agnosticism. Yeah, gender agnosticism. And I think where we this is where we somewhat borrow from traditional court, quote unquote, traditional values or traditional courtship is that there are different standards. This is where people call us conservatives, where we acknowledge like differences. Yeah. Yeah. Conservatives. Exactly. So that's, that's why we get so much heat from and smoke from feminists, because the way that we articulate our values is that like, we are actually biologically different and those biological differences matter and inform the way that we're treated and the form that we have to move in the world. Painting everything as gender neutral ends up doing a a disservice to women because we are not allowed to uh, express our actual specific female needs that do differ from men then, right? You're only going to focus on the, on the aspects for which it's equal for men and women, but not on the aspects in which it's, it's very, very, very unequal between men and women. And we'll always be that way as long as we're biologically different. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it's like pretty bullshit that, um, you know, with, I mean, with fine as fuck Fridays, I was skeptical about it at first, but then the more that it got posted, the more I realized why it's necessary because so many women have been like just gaslit their entire lives into thinking there's something shameful about liking a guy with abs or something. Right. That's just the difference between us and a lot of the the feminist groups and why, you know, we get antagonized as being not great feminists. Yeah. I I mean, here's the thing though, is like, I don't really expect everyone to agree with FDS. Like FDS goes against a lot and challenges a lot of mainstream narratives, a lot of mainstream ideologies. You know, sometimes we align, I think like our analysis of the world is similar to radical feminism, but that our calls to action or our recommendations are not the same. The main thing that FDS has in common with radical feminism is the idea of class consciousness and, you know, at least attempting to build class solidarity. Yeah, class co- class consciousness. Um, I just think that the solutions that FDS proposes are different or, the, you know, a lot of radical feminists disagree with those solutions or proposed solutions. So that's our, I mean, that's our two cents about like why we think some of these other female first groups have mindsets that are not really compatible with FDS and why that purge and the subreddit had to happen. We have a weekly thread. Maybe let us know your thoughts on this episode. We can discuss it further because I actually would be, I'd be interested to hear people's feedback on this and what they think. But that, that was the intention from talking to the original mods and a lot of the original strategy coaches and people who've been here since like, and it hasn't even been that long, right? Because FDS has only been around since 2019, but people who February, came- 20, February 2019. Yeah. So two, two and a half years, two years. Yeah, the architects of the FDS method was 
was a dating strategy, right? And was, you know, from the from the perspectives that we shared a little bit earlier about how to uh, self-empower yourself in an environment like this. So, um, uh, but that, yeah, hopefully you guys understand that explanation. Cool. Uh, and that's our show. Please check out our Twitter at femdatstrat, as well as our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash female dating strategy, as well as our website, thefemaledatingstrategy.com. Thanks for listening, queens. And for all you scrotes out there, we don't negotiate with terrorists. Die mad. See you next week.